Hi, and welcome to Faculty Focus, a podcast supporting the clinical education community in Leicester. We bring you Educator CPD, showcase new initiatives, and shine a light on some of the faculty behind it all. Hussain and I spent a few days up in Glasgow at the AMI 2023 conference. In this episode, we discuss some of the themes and sessions we attended and consider what lessons and ideas we can bring back to Leicester. Right, that's it. End of Amy 2023, Glasgow. What a few days it's been. Um, Hussein, have you found it? Your first one, actually. No, sir, my first in-person one. It was, I was really looking forward to this before before coming, and it, it's lived up to expectation. I, I wasn't expecting it to be so big. Mm. Um, I attended one that was during COVID, the virtual one. Obviously, you don't get a sense of... Um, just how many delegates there will be and and the you know worldwide interest in it um yeah i was struck by how many people there are from different countries and the languages that you hear um, and the insights they bring so yeah it's been great overall positive yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah so yeah it's just not often you get sort of a decent amount of time to actually think i think i've really enjoyed the opportunity to think and like discuss ideas in a bit more depth because it feels like you're just too busy when you're in the clinical world trying to fit all this stuff in. But yeah, I feel like I could have um, geeked out a bit for a few days <laughs> on all things education. Uh, yeah, and it's it's that it's the opportunity to think in depth about things. You know, we you might give a paper a cursory glance at work or or just specifically, you know, the, you have a needs assessment, and you quickly find something, but to actually attend workshops and symposia where things are discussed, a topic is discussed in depth, is that's something that's, that's, that's been a fairly unique experience for me coming to this. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, one of the surprises for me was, uh, so I wasn't going to come to Glasgow. No, because of my preconceptions of Glasgow as a city. Um, but, uh, you know, just, <laughs> I guess it's the image you, you hear about from, I don't know, the nine, 80s, 90s, yeah, where the yeah. jungle and yeah, tenement blocks. So that's the kind of thing in, in my, I mean, I've driven through Glasgow and it's on a, like the motorway goes through it yeah. and it's, you pass it and I've never really, but I tell you what, I, it, it's a really nice city. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed spending time here. Um, I think we both have, haven't we? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've, I've, I came recently for the first time and and had that same preconception, and came in. Yeah, it's beautiful. The architecture's stunning. Um, the the space and the things going on. It's it's been places to eat and things to do. Is it's it it in itself is a diversity with with so much going on, but without that kind of. Um, you know, if you go to London, it's a heaving, yeah, and you feel like you know, you're you're tired just walking around. Here, it's 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 quite different. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Although your shoes have been sore, my shoes are too tight. Shoes are wrong. You went for fashion over them. Well, shoes are too tight. I wasn't expecting to walk around very much. I was expecting to be driven, but <laughs> stick that on expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I guess coming to the actual conference uh huge amount of stuff i mean the schedule is massive um like each each session has you know a full i don't know 20 25 different things you could go to so um 
what what we do kind of yeah what are the highlights for you what what sort of things what sort of themes do you come back to over and over again do you think yeah the themes are this i think is a is a big theme in it's on a lot of agendas um but diversity inclusivity um representation i think was a big message here um and it was it was really great to actually attend a variety of of uh you know workshops and symposia about that and have it looked at from so many different lenses um because i think it really is something that what i've taken from this is it's it's really something that you can't solve you can't even explore easily it's such a uh, complex um domain particularly in education and and the implications of it and the 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 lived experiences of so many different people that feed into it it really is something that demands um in-depth nuanced discussion mm. um for example just um on on the first day i was really struck i another thing that i've i've really liked is presentation skills and we've talked about this before so i went to the petra kucha session um yeah which is the 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 mode of delivery of you have 20 slides and each slide only lasts 20 seconds right and it it automatically moves forward so you're constrained by the time you're constrained by the number of slides i really like how that uh, impacts on presentation skills within that session there was um someone called scott wright who's a physician in america with cerebral palsy talking about um his journey from um from from the secondary education into medical school um his life as a resident his life as an attending and and it was i think it's it's all well and good to to hear about diversity and inclusivity as an abstract thing but to to hear the experiences of someone who you would not normally hear from mm. um and to to really have those the, those his lived experiences hammered home and, and to see the challenges that he has overcome um and the steps that he's made to um empower others so a lot of his research was on role modeling which is we've talked about yes yeah before and it's something that i'm particularly interested in so so that was pretty inspirational to hear to hear that and i think that that's what you get from a conference you you have the opportunity to to hear those voices that mm, you wouldn't otherwise hear from yeah um so that that was that was moving um yeah and then it's you know seeing that from other lenses as well so um something i i I, I think I'd vaguely heard about it, but not in very much detail. Is active bystander training? Oh right. So so I've heard of that before. Yeah, the more more sessions um, about that, and uh, it highlighted that it's a, in the current or previous issue that of Medical Teacher. There are twelve tips about active bystander training, um, and they kind of highlighted that it's 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 ways to empower everyone within an organization um to recognize 
poor recognize and challenge poor behaviors that have become ingrained into into an institution um so to pick up to to understand what constitutes a microaggression what constitutes unwanted uh, physical touching um and what you can do about that so that was that was a, a, because that felt like a, re- a really tangible thing yeah like a a, a practical um way of of, of so they so they'd integrated this into a teaching program then, or is, is that this this was the the this presentation was about developing a pilot for active bystander training and developing and a, an initial validation of an evaluation tool for it. Okay, right, um, early stages. So it was I think at the university maybe of Glasgow maybe of Dundee. Um, implementing that and and developing a tool to validate it because oh, so, that sounds a bit like um reverse mentoring or at least similar sort of stuff covered it sounds like yeah and pointing things out in real time yeah and and that's it i think one of those kind of take-home messages is, is how these these all fall how could these fall under one umbrella because all these things are kind of different lenses of how do you um, identify, challenge, normalized attitudes and behaviors that discriminate against different members within that organization, yeah. be them minority or, or not minority. Um, so it was, yeah, it was fascinating to hear about that and, and to see how that was been implemented. This was at undergraduate level. Um, and the, the development of a tool to actually evaluate this kind of um, this kind of tool. That's interesting because I think at the conference there's a, it feels like there's a mix of the practical bits of how to teach, examples of how people have done the the actual operational bits. But it, you know, they are all you know. There's also an exploration of the much more deeper issues. You know to even sort of going into philosophy, isn't it? Your philosophy of how things are the way they are and your approach, your even your kind of attitude to some of these or the way things are at the moment really does influence, um, you know, people's experiences. But it, it's not enough just to question how you deliver it. It's actually the whole theoretical basis. Yeah. How you deliver that. So, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's quite, quite deep. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's something that you may not necessarily pick up from even from formal postgraduate study in, in medical education, you know, these kind of things might get touched upon, but the how how that impacts someone's educational journey when when things like that are going on. Um, maybe we should um maybe we should do a, a podcast on it. Just yeah. sort of explore it, just explore it, but give it a bit of time properly explore yeah. it. Either you'll be exploring it mostly. Yeah. And I'll be there as a <laughs> Uh, a naive sort of um, yeah, an ignorant participant. Yeah. Um, but that would be really yeah. That, I mean, let's put that one in there in the notes. Um, I think for me there were lots of things. Uh, I think in terms of specific things that I went to, I really you know the first session I went to was a journal journal club for simulation, and there were four papers presented there, and um, it was a really interesting one there about um, you know there's a lot of talk about speaking up um, in clinical practice and we always seem to come at it from the the person lower in the hierarchy like what can they do to speak up and and that 
this was a simulation paper discussing how somebody they turned it on his head and said well what is it the seniors can do to make themselves more approachable and they did it some simulations and pulled out some themes from the feedback and uh, so that's given me some ideas of how to you know maybe integrate that into when we have incident investigations if there's a an element of someone not speaking up perhaps there's some things there that we could put into the recommendations that help people to speak up because it's not just empowering person to speak up and fostering an environment that allows that to happen Uh, and that very much in medicine i feel that is you know that's that's the job of the senior person in the room um so as a consultant that definitely got me thinking of my theater environment um and, and things i can do there um I went to some, um, I think I felt validated a bit. There was, a, I went to some faculty development stuff. There were other faculty development um, coordinators, uh, tutors, depending which part of the world you're in. And it felt like they, everyone struggled with the same thing. Yeah. Um, so a little bit like what we're doing with the podcast is trying to bring a community of people together within the locality of UHL, University of Leicester, um, and sharing knowledge know-how being able to have discussions so it's not easy because it it feels like it's more set up in the u.s sort of north america canada um but but it doesn't feel like we've quite got to that point yet in the uk but you know that's what that's what we're working to yeah i get uh, it's, it's that i think this this came back time and time and time again in, in our discussions as well of how does this how does the jobbing clinician uh, interpret and apply these these methods particularly you know with a conference like amy it's it's such a research heavy feels it at times as um and so things like that faculty development it's like you know there's all these theories things that i've heard of for the first time here um another one that was that was really interesting is um intercultural competence and and models about that but uh by a girl called dear doth Similar to the faculty development, how how do you how do you bring that to a busy organisation that has clinical pressures where its staff members maybe and, and are passionate about doing these things? But how do you bring them together? How do you create a community of practice in an environment where yeah. there are so many other pressures? I think that interesting you say that because I think that feeds into a session that I went to. A BME session, the best evidence of medical education session I went to, which you've got um, researchers, people in um, quite senior positions in education research, producing best evidence guidance. But is that guidance filtering down to your jobbing mm. clinical teacher on the shop floor? And whilst you may say this is a more effective way to teach, and I certainly feel like I've experienced in the past, if you if people can't see that it makes a big difference. Because it takes a lot of effort to change up the way you do yeah. things. If if some if teaching is good enough, then you know, are we really going to be making the sorts of changes that high up are being outed as been the way things should be done? I, I think you people in those positions can definitely change curricula and program program assessment, but on the shop floor teaching, bedside teaching level, I'm not sure that filters through, and understandably because it feels too far removed. Yeah, um, and, and there's again there's that disconnect between. There's such a gap between the the academic research aspect of medical education and the 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 shop floor because 
interpreting some of these studies and interpreting some of the the you know critically analyzing some of these studies is hard work. Yes, of course. You, I mean, you were on the on a beam yeah, yeah, aren't you? So yeah, um, and and how that how that translates to teaching on a ward round, yeah, um, or or clinical exposure for early years medical students or programs of assessment is is tough yeah especially when you're working in um hospitals or universities where instigating change is isn't easy yeah yeah 100 percent. it's um yeah it's well i mean there's there's so much you could talk i mean i've got pages of notes so i mean we, we could probably be here for you know several hours but um i think the last thing i would say one of the things um it sort of ties into my like an overall thought for the conference um there was a session I went to on. There's been a lot about gamification yeah. um, in the last few years and escape rooms. So I was quite interested in trying to find out what like what's what's the evidence for it. Maybe there's maybe that's unfair. Maybe there's not enough. There's not been enough time to generate that evidence. But at least a a kind of a debate or a justification for that as an approach. Because on the surface, that was something I'm skeptical about. And actually, the last session. Um, that I went to, we were this beginnings of that starting to come through. There's a um, professor round who is at St George's Medical School in London, and he sort of outlines basically what I was looking for is is how are you anchoring this in a theoretical framework? What elements can we teach? What elements shouldn't we be teaching in an escape room, for example? And um, and and actually, a really important point was moving beyond learner experience because. With all of these games, the learners love it. Like, when you can't question the motivation. It's clearly probably the most motivating form of learning, but you've got to temper that with, is is there actually meaningful learning that translates into a clinical context? And I, I was quite encouraged that that view came across because it did feel up until, you know, the last couple of days, it has felt that, yeah, like overall, maybe there hasn't been that level of challenge in some of the sessions, I've just, it felt like the focus is more on the positive. Yeah. So we did this and it was really positive. And, and I think what really, in any field, you need to, you need to be able to justify it and, you know, challenge a view on from certain different, mm. from lots of different angles to see whether it still stands true. And, and I felt like that maybe was, um, maybe missing a bit from the conference. Yeah. It's, uh, and I think it's a it's a really important aspect of of rigor in in research and just inquiry in in, in any context. And so often the the comparison was made between medical education research and clinical research, where the people kept saying in clinical research you give a dose of a certain drug, you measure the response, you get p values, and the conclusions are concrete. Um, and you can't really give a dose of education, um, but but there's there's challenges in clinical research as well, and it's it's really important to highlight the the negatives, not to try and dismantle the argument, mm. but to strengthen the argument. Yeah, hundred percent. So so you know, conversations around diversity, inclusivity. Um, as with gamification, I think it's it's really important to understand why it works, 
um, and part of that discussion has to have some element of of challenge. Yeah, um, yeah. And and one of the one of the points that was really eloquently made is that you almost never find studies that say we tried something, it failed miserably, yeah. and here's why we think it failed miserably. Yeah. Because yeah. that that would be such a powerful learning. Um, resource for the whole community to say well actually we, you know for example we tried gamification in this context we thought it would work because of xyz reasons we tested it and no one learned a thing yeah but the the, the learners were really happy uh, that that's useful in itself exactly you know um, um and there were other sessions i attended about the structure of academic research is is potentially it's changing but the pressure to to submit and publish and get papers um, is such a massive driving force and l links into the to the need for overwhelmingly positive messages mm. to be spread. Yeah, and I think that that yeah, as you said, maybe threatens the 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 depth of inquiry. Yeah, yeah, I I I certainly align with that with that thought. Um, yeah, any other sort of Overall, sort of thoughts then for the conference as a whole. Any uh... food was pretty good. Food was great. <laughs> well, the food was this uh, was oh right, it was pretty good. There was that beef thing that was uh, didn't sit well with me. What was the block of? Yeah, the block of it was a thing red or a potato thing. Very strange. It looked like a sponge. I should find it out and taste like a sponge. It, yeah. Very strange one, but we should, we're very grateful for the experience. No, indeed. Um, so yeah, we're hoping to bring some of these little nuggets back to uh, our listeners back in Leicester. Um, I think in the show notes we'll include try and find the references for some of the stuff that we've been talking about and stick it in the show notes so that you, um, those listeners who are interested, can um, follow up on some of those papers, ideas, um, and I think probably you know on the journey back. I suspect we'll be thinking of ideas yeah. that we can bring back and actually start implementing. I mean, I, I think we've got, we were talking the other evening, I think we've got a load of ideas for um, our fellows program, for the education fellows. I think there's some really interesting ideas about some of the concepts that I think if you're an education fellow, it, it's useful to leave your 12-month post yeah. with, with a, an idea of some of the discussions around bigger, bigger topics. So. Um, and you're going to do a fringe next yeah, next yeah. Amy, is that right? I think that's, uh, that's set in stone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the fringe stuff. I think I'll do a... Uh, I was thinking, thinking about this more. And we should probably explain to the listeners what a fringe event is. I need a bit of explaining to me. I think you've been slightly traumatized by uh, the fringe. It's... The fringe is a, an alternative session. There's usually two sessions at an Amy conference uh, on, on the main day, one and two. And... Um, it's it's really out there. Uh, yeah. It doesn't it kind of loosely related to education. It's feel like it's an outlet for a lot of uh, artistic talent <laughs> that, that is within our community. But yeah. yeah, tell us. Well, there was a spoken. There was it, it was great. There was a spoken word uh, piece. There was a um, something exploring art in medicine. Um, there was I think you'd call it stand up comedy. Oh God! Um, and uh, a musical. A musical. Hey, 
Well, there you go. I mean, as a musician yourself. Well, exactly. I spent most of the time thinking about it. I think I want to do a non-verbal Pecha That would be interesting. So have have the Pecha Kucha going. I mean, I've said it on, on this now, so I hope I'm not, not 100% committed by saying this. Because it may not work. But yeah, a Pecha Kucha, 20 slides, 20 seconds per slide, with no talking. But but with, with music instead. And I'd I'd Very play good. I'd play some instruments, with the aim of actually getting something meaningful across, not just like yeah, <laughs> of playing some playing the drums for a few minutes, like actually conveying a message about about a project that we've undertaken or something. I think that's a brilliant idea. I think you heard it here first. Yeah, <laughs> watch this way. Abstract are uh, usually around February time, so maybe we'll do a pod in. Make sure we include that in a pot in February to uh, see where you're up to on that. Yeah, yeah, on that idea. But no, overall, I think a really, uh, really good, good few days. Um, I feel like my brain is fizzing, so I, I feel like I've got a good dose of CPD, um, and hopefully something that makes, you know, changes the way that we do teaching and that we approach teaching at, at UHL and University of Leicester. So great. Thank you very much. We've got to go catch a flight now. So yeah, hopefully. Hopefully something cancelled. Hopefully uh, the air traffic control system's bug in the last few days has been fixed. So. Good. All right. I'll see you back in Leicester. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Faculty Focus podcast. If you like the episode, please share with friends and colleagues. You can also like and subscribe to the show and perhaps even leave a review. Clinical education can be tough but we're stronger as a community. So if you have an idea for an episode or would like to come on and talk to us, do get in touch via email or Twitter. Details in the show notes. The Faculty Focus Podcast. Community Development Showcase.